today. According to a top DHS scientist, uh, heat and humidity actually slow the coronavirus. Also, the White House slams the media for taking President Trump out of context regarding his comments on disinfectant. Oh, my gosh, the media taking Trump out of context. That's never happened before in the history of President Trump. We've got a lot to get into this Friday, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Today joined once again, two days in a row, to what do we owe the pleasure, Stuber here, host of Stu Does America, here on Blaze TV. Yes, uh, I'm very excited. I was up late last night watching the draft, so I'm super tired. I'm going to do a really bad job. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, speaking of the draft, thank you for like the, the preface, I guess, the so, caution. So excuse my own activities. <laughs> um, I actually fell asleep during the draft. It's not an exciting thing. I mean, it's just a bunch of people reading names. Well, so. right. And also with like a 17 second delay yes. in between some things and a lot of weird technical We're desperate. Stop ruining nice things. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, also, we've got conservative commentator Grant Stinchfield in the house with his camo looking sharp. Thanks for being here, Grant. You can see me? You can't see yeah, me. Yeah, I, I can only see your floating head. So. <laughs> Joke never gets old. Uh, All right, let's get into uh, the top scientist of the Department of Homeland Security said yesterday during the coronavirus press briefing briefing that preliminary research shows that coronavirus dies out more quickly in hot, humid weather uh, than in colder, drier conditions. He said, you know, increasing the temperature, increasing the humidity, it's less favorable, generally speaking, to the virus. Um, and if you look at as the temperature increases, as the humidity increases, no sun involved, you can see how drastically the half-life goes down on the virus. It's dying at a much more rapid pace uh, with just exposure to higher temperatures and humidity. Um, I don't want to, like, toot my own horn, but I'm just going to say that Stu and I were talking off air yesterday. Dr. Stu. And Do- Dr. I'm sorry, Sarah. Dr. Stu and Dr. Sarah. Um, I got my doctorate on Google. It was very easy to do. I recommend it for all of you. Um, and we were both just kind of like, you know, I mean, there's nothing really that they've told us to suggest that this is for sure true. But it just feels like it's reasonable that mm-hmm. the virus would not do well exposed to sunlight. Yeah, and uh, and I think in, in outdoor environments in general too that are well ventilated and things like that. I, I feel like we're going to get to a place where we, you know, there is definitely there are indications in the research that this is a uh, is is something that could be uh, available. Like you might be maybe you're having church outside as often as possible. Maybe your gatherings are outside a little bit more often. Uh, it certainly is okay for us right now. In about a month or two in Texas, it's going to be hell to do those things. But right now, it's perfect. Uh, so it's great. I mean, I think there's a it makes a lot of sense, you know, and that's the thing that that this time does buy us is a little bit of just time for scientists to look at this stuff and get some sort of direction as to what works and what doesn't. And I think if you kind of look at the map of the United States and, and, and this isn't entirely 100 percent true, but it does seem like the breakouts have been less furious in Mm -hmm. in southern climates now places like ecuador which are you know they kind of disproved that a little bit india has had a lot of problems and it's warm there Um, but like the northern states have really been the ones that have been crushed by this a lot worse than than it has been here and other things other factors obviously go into it i I really think a huge one is population density um you know this is one of the reasons why 
China was so hard hit. I mean, they're all you know, living in apartments and, and there's you know, several people per apartment and mm-hmm. it's, it's much more difficult to stop that. Um, so we'll just all buy giant mansions and live in the South and everything will be fine. Perfect. I mean, vote red, though, when you get here. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> Grant. I wish I could comment on this. I'm not a doctor. I mean, I have a doctorate in love. I'm a love doctor. Oh. Love doctor. You love doctor. Oh. You are. But, <laughs> and I'm also, a little bit too much information I'm, for me. I'm also, well, yeah. I'm also a camper, too. Mm-hmm. I, I like to camp. And I have a water purifier that, go figure, has a UV light on top of it. And you hit the really? UV light with your water in it. And guess what it does? Huh. It kills everything. everything in the water. So, you know, the scientists are coming up with it. And it sounds like it's great news. You guys had talked about it yesterday. Yeah. Common sense should play a big role in this. And, you know, you talk about population density. Horowitz over Conservative Review has been really doing a lot of work, great work on this. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a study out of China, take it for what it's worth, but that mass transit was like the number one purveyor of spreading COVID. And then it was interfamilial. So family to family member. If you take the fact that mass transit, which makes a lot of sense, you're crammed on a train or a bus, then look at New York City. It would totally make sense. Not outdoors. And, you know, you got people closing down parks. It makes no sense. I get why you don't want to be crammed on a train together, but... Should be encouraged to go out to yeah. parks. Like it's it's not even enough to say open them. It should be like guys, great opportunity. Right. Get your kids out there. We're organizing this event where your kids are going to be out there where they, they can play. We can we can have all sorts of great things going on outdoors. Stay outdoors. Do lots of fun mm-hmm. things outdoors. Enjoy your life in a slightly different way. Yeah. It's a much different message than you're in prison. Well, which is why it'll be interesting to see if there are any sort of lawsuits that arise from these arrests that have been made uh, or citations or whatever the case may be, what I would call authority, you know, overreach, government Mm -hmm. overreach for, let's say, the Idahoan mother who took her kids to the park. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, common sense, which is what we were saying yesterday, would would tell you that being outdoors in the park, really not that much of a danger. So, it, I mean, it will be interesting to see if, in hindsight, these states get in trouble for locking people down and, in some cases, you know, shutting down the parks, shutting down their access to public areas, when that really would have been doing them better, you know, it would have been better for their health for them to be able to go out there. Yeah, I think that's true, and I, I think the, the legal system sort of cuts both ways on this, too, because I think part of the reason why these cities and states are taking such hard-line positions on these things, because if a kid goes to a park mm-hmm. and winds up getting COVID-19 somehow, which is not really unlikely, really unlikely. Well, they but could if get it, does, it, but if they, I mean, it's it's very unlikely that they would suffer long-term Yes, that's true, but they could pass it. Yeah, they could pass it on. They could pass it on, and that's, that's what they're generally worried about with kids. It's true. It's like, right. You know, it's more the teachers at school than it really is the mm-hmm. kids at school. Mm-hmm. But that being said, like when when one of these restaurants open, we're gonna, we're seeing some of the openings in Texas and in Georgia and stuff this weekend. If a breakout happen or outbreak happens at a restaurant that opens, is this restaurant owner going to get sued? Uh, it, you know, there is the state going to city going to get sued if they open up something and then they let people go and then there's a you know a super spreader event that occurs here. I think it, part of this is that worry for them. But, I mean, depending on what area you're in, a lot of it is just, like, they just rather control you and want to make sure you understand that they are the ones that tell you where you, where you can and cannot go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing, I think, is uniting everybody. I think even moderates and, and some on the left are saying, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. All right, like, I am with you on I want to stop this, this this thing. I might not even like, you know, Donald Trump. I might not like the way he's handling it. I might love Donald Trump. I might love the way he's handling it. Mm-hmm. But, wait, you're telling me I can't go to church in my car? Like, that's just insane. <laughs> you're going to put... 
nails down in the parking lot to pop my tires if I go to church? Like, this is crazy. Imagine if you're a shopkeeper, mm-hmm. and now you're being told you can't open your business. Yeah. That you, you might own the building, you might pay rent to the building, whatever. It's your business. Customers can decide whether or not they want to go in and out of it, and you're being told you can't open. To me, all these protesters are constitutional warriors, in my mind. Mm-hmm. And they should be looked at as heroes. They're being told by the media that they're risking their lives. And what are they risking their lives for? To defend our civil liberties. That's it. They're not trying to be rabble-rousers. They're not trying to cause trouble. They're simply trying to w- raise awareness that, hey, enough is enough. Don't push us so far. We still believe in freedom in this country. Not even risking their lives, but a lot of what I've been hearing from the media is really basically telling these people that they want to murder other people. Yeah, ridiculous. Because they're apparently going to contract a virus, whether or not we know that that's true. I don't know. You can't spread a virus that you don't have, right? But mm-hmm. you could be asymptomatic. I got it. But that they're going to go out, they're going to get it, they're, they're going to spread it to other people who are then going to die, and somehow that counts as murder. It's ridiculous. There's a lot of of mental gymnastics Mm. you got to go through. But that's what they do. No matter what we as conservatives decide to protest, somehow we're being violent about it. Yeah. It's always there. That's always there. We're either racist or we're violent. And we're neither of those two things. And I would offer up that the left are the ones who are acting racist and more often than not acting violent. Yeah. Well, it's, Antifa. it's interesting, too, because I brought up uh, online, I said, I, you know, you guys are all about my body, my choice when it comes to killing a baby in the womb. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, it's your body, my choice. Yeah. And I get to mm. tell you what to do. It's interesting how that works when there's not actually a direct murder taking place. It does sort of change, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's funny, too. I think there is a uh, these these protests that have happened haven't largely been against, like, let's say, the president's restrictions here, right? Mm-hmm. President set up, like, end of April, right? We're still in April. Um, you know, a lot of these things are really annoying. But we understand that if things, things have gotten better over this period, that's great. I, the protests have been about things like the Second Amendment. Yeah. Like, right. wait, what do you mean I can't go to the... <laughs> what does right. that have to do with this? <laughs> like, you know, what do you mean I can't go to church in my car? What do you mean I can't... You know, these are, like, the the, the these flares into massive overreach, which is happening mm-hmm. all over the country. Those are the things I think that people are stepping up and protesting. People, I think, you know, they, they understand that, like, this is a, a really tough time for everybody. And, we, and we've changed the way we've lived here for, you know, it's going to be six weeks by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we're only going to probably poke our little heads out a little bit as, mm-hmm. you know, bit by bit by bit. It's not, not easy. Nobody likes it. But I haven't seen that. That's not the source of the, of, of the constitutional outrage here. Mm-hmm. The source of it is when they try to use this event to take things they've wanted the whole time, right. like your Second Amendment They're rights. not trying it. They're doing, they're doing it. it. And they're using it as an experiment to see how far they can push until we push back. And the further they push, they know, all right, that's a little bit more that we can go. And, you know, the old saying is you give up an inch, they will take a mile. That is being shown straight up right now during this. Um, I I do find it interesting or it will be interesting to see what happens this weekend with, Stu, you mentioned what's going on in Texas, kind of opening things back up, because it's a little different than what's going on in Georgia. You know, in Georgia, you've got the governor of the entire state saying, "Okay, we're going to open things up in Texas. Not really so. It's a little bit more murky because you've got the governor who said we are still going to close down. Mm-hmm. However, you've got this, you know, this one particular city, this one particular town, Colleyville, that has decided to open things up. And the governor, as far as I've read, has they've just come out and said, yeah, we're not going to like pursue anything with them. Anything. We're just going to let them do yeah. it, even though 
our orders technically override what they would say. Yeah, I think that's about that's about. Yeah, I think you stated that perfectly. I mean, it, you know, it, it, in Georgia, they're saying open it up. You know, there's been some back and forth between Georgia and the Trump administration on that. Here in Texas, they did open up some things, very, very you know, little baby step. They're supposed to announce more openings on the 27th. We'll see what Hopefully that looks like. Hopefully that will include nail salons. Yeah, right. Now, I think nail, Dying over I here. Know, nail salons in Colleyville, they, 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 this one town in Colleyville, it's close to here. Yeah. Um, they're opening up the patios for restaurants. I think I did read salons. I read salons. Salons. So I think that would include nails, I think right? so. I well, don't know a good place to go. Someone in Colleyville, let me know where's a good place to go get my nails done this weekend. Yeah, and, but it's very, you know, it's still very much like, you know, a few, one person. Right. I think it's retail It's social is, distancing. Yeah. Retail, I think, is one person for every 2,000 square feet. Jeez. So, I mean, that really? is really social distance. <laughs> so, you gotta, you gotta, I think it's, you know, it's something like that. I think, it's, I think that's what it is. Are you guys wearing these masks like everywhere you go now you've got to wear a mask. I saw a picture of Stu wearing a mask. Yeah, I did. I do wear I wear when I bought the Jenny's ice cream. Oh yes, I, I saw sure that. I that was very good. Yes. I had a viewer send me some very cute an American flag mask and, oh, that's cool. a, and a MAGA mask, which by the way, let me know if I can shout you out. I, I wanted to make sure before I just shout you out. I feel uh, like I'm a kid playing Cowboys at Indians yeah. again. I'm wearing the bandana. I know, you know, I know. I just I I you gotta look stylish yeah. if you're Someone like me. Will they get mad so at me for saying Cowboys it. and Indians. That game's like totally politically poli- poli- <laughs> correct. It is. It is. Yes, right? yeah. yes, it is. Uh, I, did, I did notice the cultural differences, though. Like, there's a Whole Foods near here, which is where I bought all this ice cream for this Nancy Pelosi segment I did this week. Um, only place I've been in the entire time, 100% mask usage. Oh, Literally 100%. every oh, single person. I went to a Lowe's in like the town I live in. There's like <laughs> no. nobody there. Right. Prisoner there just like hanging out, arms over each other, <laughs> kissing each other. I don't even know what it was. Um, yeah, but it's, it is a difference still. People are still kind of feeling that difference out. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, look, I, I don't like it. I don't like wearing masks. But, you know, look, I, I want to get through this period. I want to, you know, I, I, I think we all are at that time where we are still... As you pointed out to start the segment, Sarah, learning things about how this disease operates. And, and that's a, one of the really, I think, fair complaints from people who said we've handled this too harshly is to say that, like, we don't have all the information. It's also the reason why they handled it so harshly. Right. You know, and that's what's so difficult uh, to deal with. You see a massive outbreak in, in place after place. Well, we don't want that to happen somewhere else, so let's change. Whatever we're doing there, let's do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we're gathering more information, hopefully the government, and again, Texas, we might have hope for this. The government can be sensible about this. Let's say encourage some certain activities, maybe discourage others for some time until we get a, a real handle on this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Coming up next, President Trump made comments that were taken out of context by the media. Oh, my gosh. It's so shocking. Uh, we'll get into that. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Now, um, I know you guys know Black Rifle Coffee Company. They're veteran owned and operated. They do premium small batch roast-to-order coffee, so you know when you order from Black Rifle, you are getting the freshest coffee. Um, But they have just recently launched an all-new canned coffee, which I am really excited to try. Uh, You can buy them at BlackRifleCoffee.com, but they've got cases available, um, and they are also available in, if you haven't checked this out yet, you've got to go to Black Rifle's website and check it out. They're available for purchase in the Black Rifle Coffee Club which is really what you want. So you're getting a discount by doing this. You go in, you sign up to do their Black Rifle Coffee Club where they ship everything to you uh, directly to your home. I would say your home or office, but probably you're just at your home right now. 
They will ship it wherever you are directly to your door for free. They're giving you a discount and you're not going to run out of coffee because it's an auto subscription. Um, they're sending it to you so you're not running to the store in your mask at 11 o'clock at night when you've realized that you've run out of coffee for the, the next day and you've got to get it. So sign up for Black Rifle. They've got the discount. We're getting you a discount on top of that and you can try their new canned coffee there. You got to go to blackriflecoffee.com slash Y. That is blackriflecoffee.com slash Y. Enter promo code Y. That's W-H-Y. You'll get an extra 20% off your first order. Now, again, that includes the Black Rifle Coffee Club, which already gives you a discount. You are getting this for a steal. You got to go there. Blackriflecoffeeclub.com. Promo code Y. Back in a minute. President Trump is being heavily criticized today after his coronavirus press briefing yesterday in which he made comments about these new developments. We mentioned earlier in the show uh, that heat, humidity, you know, UV sunlight could slow the coronavirus down, uh, kill it off in the sunlight. And President Trump, you know, he's President Trump. He talks a lot. He just keeps kind of going, not sure when to tamper it down. But he said something that led the media to then post all of these headlines saying that President Trump told people to inject themselves with disinfectant <laughs> or drink bleach. We'll see if that's actually what he said. Let's listen. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs, so it'd be interesting to check that, so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. So we'll see. But the whole concept of the light, the way it kills it in one minute, that's, uh, that's pretty powerful. Uh, first of all, kudos on your tie, President Trump, because I am loving it. It's very nice and bright. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, he... I want to be careful with my word choice here. <laughs> he did obviously did not say let's inject ourselves no. with disinfectant, right? Let's inject ourselves. Let's eat sunlight. Like that's not yes. what he said. That's not what he meant. Can I say what's disingenuous Please. about the mainstream? Please. Media? Is they know President Trump isn't saying go out, pull a syringe full of Lysol and stick <laughs> it in your vein. And the Lysol to issue a press release, don't do this, is ridiculous yeah. in and of itself yes. too. It's about context. The media doesn't play the soundbite right before the president, where you have the other guy who's the undersecretary for health and science saying that bleach works in a room and it doesn't last on saliva that is on surfaces mm -hmm. and the light works on surfaces. I'm pretty sure that's what the president was talking about when he said inside. 
The president did use a great choice of words. Sometimes he makes his life very difficult yeah. by saying things that are very confusing to people. And then they force a guy like me to have to defend him. <laughs> and I don't mind doing it because I know in his heart he does not want us to inject ourselves or make a bleach milkshake. It's not or, or, or drink fish tank cleaner, which he was also accused right. of telling people to do for some reason. I mean, look, is it a, you know, if you're in a meeting with these doctors and they're telling you, hey, you know, these lights might, and it's true, like there's some people, like there's some reason to believe that maybe putting these lights on in certain environments would help uh, would help stop the spread on, as you point out, on surfaces. I mean, it um, would seep through your skin, though. Yeah, yeah. That's how you're. That's how you're absorbing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know that it would work, but still. But like again, like if you're just a lame, like Trump is a layman, right? Like he's right. not yes. his freaking doctor. Yeah. So if he throws something like that in out in a meeting, and Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci, they're like, "What do you think? Could, is there any way we can do that to the body? Like, is <laughs> like that's a total normal thing that you your you know your grandpa or your dad would say as they're just sitting around in you the chair? Like, well, they should just put the UVC light on." on them like normal right right not necessarily in the in the national briefing the time to try to work out that theory with the doctor who's looking at this sitting there terrified as she's trying to not make a face so she doesn't get fired uh, the president's an idea man he's an yeah. idea man yeah. and that's what he does he comes up with ideas go see if it works or yeah. not right i mean <laughs> yeah. that's the bottom line you know what makes me just really gleeful about all of this <laughs> is to watch the media go crazy this has no effect on any of president supporters no. none they don't care about this and they know that he didn't mean it but to watch the media go into a frenzy that he's telling people to to drink bleach and fish cleaner and all yeah. this other stuff to me it's really very gleeful to watch them yeah. watch them un unleash I, I find very little value in trying to hang on every trump statement good or not mm -hmm. you know, like let's see what he does if he starts injecting people with lysol i'm gonna have a real problem with it right. if he starts throwing light bulbs down people's stomachs to see if it you know <laughs> it, it, that, that i will definitely come on the show and i will criticize it or the circus uh, performers with the big fluorescent <laughs> light that can <laughs> <laughs> that's, that might be the way he may have just solved I mean, it. it oh my gosh but i mean it is similar to what you say about his tweets right we all say okay all right i'm not willing to to judge whether or not i'm going to vote for the guy or support him based on his tweets. I'm going to see what he actually does in his policies. Exactly. And like you could see what happened, what he does with his policies in the after reaction, right? Like all these people have come out and said, you know, from the administration, no, we're not saying you should go out and do that, obviously. Like, you know, like, is there evidence to believe that there's a good amount of evidence to believe in these lights? You had pointed out, I think, off the air earlier that you, there's there's uh, water uh, purifiers. It was that on was, air. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was on air. My, uh, <laughs> my, my electric toothbrush, I have a use. There you go. That's that's right. You yeah, close the little sanitizer. thing and mm -hmm. it's, Absolutely. it's somewhat standard, right? Like people have used this type of thing. Now, I think if you step, take a step back and you think, well, if Donald Trump just kind of came up with this idea in a meeting, it's possible Dr. Burks and Fauci and thousands of other doctors probably already considered it and is probably not the solution. Right. But that's that's not Trump's job. Like he right. wants to throw out some ideas, um, you know, and they want to say, be probably a little hesitant to say no. You know, that's dumb. They're not going to tell him that. They're going to say, uh, yeah, you know, we'll look, we'll look into that and see if there's anything there. Mm -hmm. I don't think that the national briefing is the time to work those theories out. <laughs> it's just not a great place for it. He said, <laughs> but he, he didn't say honest. just say check with a doctor. He said check with a medical doctor. Yeah, he did. I mean, so that so, would count you so, out. I mean, come you on, out. no doctor love. No doctor love. <laughs> yeah, I'm not on the panel. Okay. <laughs> Again, you want to see? I would like to see Trump helping himself in these things, and I don't think this helps. But that being said, the media knows it. The media knows no one's getting injected with Lysol. The media knows this. They're using it. 
And it's, it's amazing, I think, because if you take their goal as what you think it is, or what I think it is, which is they want Donald Trump gone, they want him to lose. Mm-hmm. You wonder why at some point they wouldn't change tactics. Yeah. They've tried this 25 million times. It doesn't work. Just coming out with like a, a, a loose phrase from Donald Trump and making it into an international incident is not an effective tactic if you want to take this guy down. Clearly, because it's all you've done since the day he came down that escalator. So why not think about trying to do something else? And instead of wasting your time on this, take take a national crisis seriously. Stop making it about, you know, an offhanded comment or a joke he makes about models. Right, right. Uh, Grant, I mean, it also... I would just like to point out for the record, President Trump may go on too long, right? He may talk too much. Right. He may not know when to stop talking, but at least he can formulate words, unlike his challenger. <laughs> you had said that. Party. It, I mean, you had, you had summed it up perfectly. At least he's making statements where Joe Biden can't even <laughs> formulate one. I mean, it's fair. Yes, it's a fair point. Just would it was like Sarah's point. It was not my point. I just... <laughs> Yeah. Just, I'll take the hit. <laughs> Send me the hate mail. It's fine. Uh, all right. We've got a lot more coming up. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, the Classic Learning Test. Uh, these are the people that bring you the CLT exam. Uh, now, you know, as recent as a few months ago, we would have never thought that there would have been a time where SAT and ACT tests were just getting canceled. Like, you just you're, if you're a college senior and you haven't taken the test, you just are like, oh, Well, I I don't know how I'm going to get into college now because I can't take my test. Yeah, well, with coronavirus hitting, uh, that is what's happened. So CLT, they're like, okay, well, this is kind of awkward because this is not the circumstance that we want to uh, give us our big break. However, they've already been preparing for a solution like this for years. Uh, They're not canceling tests. CLT is actually tripling their testing dates available for the spring. They're also uh, making the CLT available to students via remote proctoring at home. Now, originally, they had developed this technology uh, for students who live in rural areas, so students who couldn't necessarily make it to a big city to take a test. So they were already on something just for this moment. Uh, A lot of parents and students in America don't realize that CLT is a third option. There are a bunch of colleges that are looking at CLT as a solution. By the way, you take it online in two hours and you get same-day results, which is way better than the SAT and ACT where you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs waiting to see if your life is over or not. Uh, you got to sign up for the exams that are coming up. I know that they've got an April 25th official college entrance exam or an April 29th CLT uh, 10, and that is the alternative to the PSAT, by the way. You got to go to cltexam.com. Again, your testing is getting canceled everywhere else. All right, CLT can be your solution. You got to go check it out. It is cltexam.com. Before we move on, yesterday on the show, at the time of the taping, we had discussed the story that Democratic state rep in Georgia, uh, Vernon Jones, he had come out and announced that he was, in fact, resigning. He had decided to endorse President Trump. The left obviously can't handle it. Uh, And at first he said, yeah, I'm endorsing President Trump. Let's go. Let's do this thing. And then the harassment got so bad that he stepped back and said, you know what? I've got to resign. I can't take the harassment anymore. Well, uh, since we aired that show, of course, after that, uh, he came out and said, luckily, I think, he changed his mind because of the support and all of the uh, encouragement that he got in response to 
all of the harassment from the left. Here's a little bit of what he had to say. You know, on yesterday, I had announced that I would not be completing my term. But then when I started receiving the overwhelming amount of support and outcry from the people that I represent in House District 91 in DeKalb and Rockdale counties, my fellow Georgians and fellow Americans from across this country in every walk of life, every age, every color, every party, that was emotional and that was motivational. And you know what, America? I thought about it and I talked to my family and I talked to my supporters because what you did for me I'm going to remain on the battlefield. I'm going to complete my turn. I'm going to continue to put my country before my party. Uh, now, Stu, he was also on Glenn's radio show yeah. this morning with you guys. Yeah, and kind of echoed those same uh, comments. I know that happened after we you know, did the show yesterday. Um, but it was like, he was interesting because he was saying, you know, he sounds like a real stand-up guy, and, and it's a brave stance to take. I mean, that's not easy to do. Uh, Not in 2020. No, sure. right? And he, you know, he started making these comments, and at one point, Glenn just asked him. He's, he said, "Well, you don't even sound like a de- like Democrat. Like, why? <laughs> why are you a Democrat, basically?" <laughs> and he said, "Well, look, the Democratic Party left me, and and you know, I was a Democrat back in the time." And he starts listing off these things. He's like, "You know, when they were all about small government," and I'm like, "What, what time was this?" Because <laughs> I missed. Are you, I sir? was asleep that week. I think. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I think he sounds like he. You know, if he's not a Republican, he should be an independent. Um, You know, he certainly should not be a Democrat. They don't want him to be a Democrat. If you disagree with the Democrats on anything, you're not allowed in. Mm -hmm. And that's a lesson I think uh, a lot of people around the country are learning. You know, it's an exclusive club. It's one that you can never you never woke enough to be in this club. And and we're seeing this all over the place now. We had another representative on from Michigan who was seeing the same thing. All she did was say, you know what, Donald Trump has done a good job. He's the only one who's actually helping us out here in Detroit uh, with this coronavirus thing. Our governor's not doing anything. She's ignoring us. Uh, and, you know, that is enough. And she's now the villain of the Democratic Party as well. Let, let me tell you something about Vernon Jones. That guy is a stand-up guy. He used to come on my NRA TV show, and he's been talking about this stuff long before yesterday. He has always been a big pro-Trump guy. He loves the Second Amendment. He would visit me every year in annual meetings when we were broadcasting at NRA annual meetings. Vernon Jones would come. You know, Democrats do show up to NRA annual meetings, by the way. And I asked him the very same question. Why are you a Democrat? And I asked Sheriff David Clark the same question. You remember Sheriff David Clark is, I mean, he doesn't talk like a Democrat at all. And I think part of what comes into play is if you want to get elected in those districts, you've got to run as a Democrat. Otherwise, you're never going to get elected. He was never lied about his beliefs about anything, either one of those guys. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, they've just for so long were part of the Democratic Party, you know, and in many respects, that party did leave them for sure. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, you know, what you're saying brings a lot of truth, and I think it brings to light the issue with the two-party system, which I know we can save for a whole nother show. Uh, I want to get into... I want a one-party system, Republicans (laughs) only. (laughs) The House of Representatives passed a $484 billion coronavirus phase 3.5 package Thursday. Yay. 3.5. They're not even doing new numbers now. Just I know. 3.5. Oh, I know. It. I was like, wait, 
That's hilarious. Oh, okay. We don't want to make it seem like we had four of these things. Right. Let's just call it 3.5. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so they passed it. Uh, the bill previously passed in the Senate, passed the Senate on a voice vote on Tuesday. There were five members of Congress who voted against it. Uh, it was, let's see, I believe four Republicans. No, yeah, four Republicans, Massey, Buck, Biggs, and Heiss. And then independent uh, Justin Amash and then Democrat uh, Ocasio-Cortez, which, I mean, of course, her reasoning was it is not enough. It's not enough make-believe money that we are using <laughs> to try to help small businesses. We got to we got to kick in more make-believe money. You named some real Freedom Caucus warriors there yeah, who voted Massey. against it. And, and in some respects, Biggs as well. And, and these guys probably have very some of the same feelings that I have. I mean, it's getting to be enough is enough with the bailout. But we are in a situation we've never it's seen before. Sure. And, and I, my heart goes out to these small business owners yeah. that are just getting hammered. I don't know how they keep going forward. And the people at home that are getting hammered that can't go to work for the small businesses. Mm-hmm. So you're at a point where you've got to do something. But I promise you, AOC's reasoning was far different, as you said, than Massey and Biggs and those guys talk about small government. She wanted it bigger, as right. you said. That's insane. I'm not sure if AOC has reasoning. <laughs> no, that's no. I'd just, just like to point that out. Um, <laughs> Stu, you know, it is, as Grant said, it is difficult, right? Because as conservatives, we do want to draw attention to the fact that we can't just keep spending money uh, without knowing where that money's coming from or accounting for it. But at the same time, what else are you going to do when the government tells you you have to shut down? Yeah, I mean, it's in a way you kind of think of it almost like an eminent domain situation, right? Like, I really don't like eminent domain in almost every circumstances, but there is circumstance, but there are reasons, and it has happened for good reasons before as well. In those circumstances, the landowner is getting compensated, and you know what? This is what's happening here, right? Like, the government is saying you can't do the thing that you're you, that you that make you know makes your living, and so they should be compensating the people, uh, and they're the, the bill was designed to do that, right? right. They just did not, you know, as the, you know, the government typically does, they did not do this correctly. Um, it's been a giant screw-up. Uh, I was going to say a different word. Um, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, a situation where these people are being, you know, told they can't go make a living. And at the same time, their business, uh, they still have to make these payments. They still have to, you know, if you have expensive equipment that you leased that's supposed to earn the money to, to pay, make those lease payments... You can't, you might not be having, you know, you might have some expenses that have gone away with, obviously you're not open. And not all those lease payments are forgivable. You can only up to about 25% of the loan uh, that used for non-payroll expenses Mm -hmm. will be forgivable. Anything over that will not be forgivable. Mm. So um, you run into a problem as a business owner. Okay, say you're making payroll, you've got a business, but you're affected and your revenues are down. You take this loan because you've got to pay your rent and you're... Well, you owe that back in a few months, yeah. right? So you, you, it's a really a, a, a weighty decision to make if you're the guy that's got to pay a lot of this stuff back. Yeah. If you're just paying your employees and you're just using it for payroll, it'll be forgiven mm-hmm. and, you know, good. You got these employees, they're able to feed their families, but tough decisions. It's tough decisions, I think, for uh, small business owners as well to figure out how to walk this line as this stuff opens up. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, like we, we talked about Sweden a little bit, I think maybe off the air yesterday. Um, and, you know, Sweden has not, you know, kind of famously not taken as stringent a, as an approach um, as, as we have, in, especially with certain states here. Um, and like, for example, they kept their movie theaters open through this. Well, their, their cinema box office has dropped by 98%. Wow. So, like, 
yeah, it's open, right? right. But do, would you rather have your business open and making 2% right. of the revenue? Right. Or would you rather just be closed and making 0%? You're right. probably doing better in that scenario. So as this starts to open up, and I don't think it's going to be that dramatic here, but as that starts to open up, you wonder, like, are these loans, and you probably know this, Grant, because I know you're, you've gone through this process a little bit, but, like, if you open up your business and uh, you <laughs> took this loan and now you are at an actual, op- your business is open, I know you're being affected by coronavirus, but is it like now you're spending all the time you're going in, you're doing your work, all your employees are coming in, whatever risk you're taking, you're taking, and maybe you're only making 5, 8, 10% of the revenue. Is it even worth it to try to open up? And, and that's going to be a tough decision for business owners. Which, Grant, I do want to get your thoughts on, but I also want to add into the equation it, it, restaurants, too, right? Because restaurants have already come out and said, especially here in Texas, when they talked about, well, maybe we'll let you just open up half, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. you can have half the capacity. And they're like, it's not worth it for us to do half the capacity and half the business and half the servers and turn on all the lights and do everything we need to do and stock the fridge for all this food, but only half capacity. We can't do that. What Stu just explained and and what you're saying sums up why you don't need government intervention to shut the economy down. Sweden didn't do it. They said you can go to the movies and what happened? You said 98% of the people were not going. They're 98% empty. Well, free markets took over there, and the people were smart enough to say, you know what, I don't want to sit next to a stranger yeah. and risk getting coronavirus. I didn't need a government bureaucrat mm-hmm. in Stockholm or, or Washington, D.C. telling me what to do. Right. And so, um, look, I think government just needs to get out of the way, let people make decisions for themselves. If it's best for you to stay home and shelter in, then stay home and shelter in. Me and Stu and you all going to the movies is not going to affect an old person who decides to stay home right. and not go out. All right, more to come. Back in a minute. We all going to the movies? <laughs> yeah, let's go. I want to go. Oh, I want the dining theaters back. So oh, bad. I know. The only thing I care about. In our last couple minutes, let's talk something non-coronavirus related. Uh, a federal judge has blocked a California law that required law-abiding citizens to go through a background check every time they purchased ammunition. Uh, this district judge ruled, of course, against the state of California. He said the experiment has been tried. The casualties have been counted. California's new ammunition background check law misfires and the Second Amendment rights of California citizens have been gravely injured. Criminals, tyrants and terrorists don't do background checks. The background check experiment defies common sense while unduly and severely burdening the Second Amendment rights of every responsible gun-owning citizen desiring to lawfully buy ammunition. Grant, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that you have something to say about this. Well, so this has been a long history of California of trying to legislate the Second Amendment out of existence. They make it so hard for you to practice firing your firearms. They make it so hard to buy your firearms. They make it so hard to load your firearms, whether it's magazine capacity limits or whether it's ammunition. This is so far out of line with the Constitution. And you can really tribute President Trump for this, because I'm not sure you would have seen this decision until he started getting some federal appointees on the bench. Yeah, Stu, uh, I do want to add, too, that apparently this particular law Shockingly, some sort of government background check didn't run perfectly, and at least 16% of the time it was denying ammunition to law-abiding citizens. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. I'm stunned to hear that. <laughs> uh, you know, this is, a, uh, this is a, a debate that's gone on for a long time in this country. I mean, go back to 
the old timey days. I mean, many uh, in, back in the old racist, horrible days uh, when many Democrats uh, were in favor of things called poll taxes, mm. where they'd say like, "Oh, like, of course, black people can vote. We're just look, there's just a tax on the vote, and don't worry about it. just pay the tax and you can vote." Well, those were ruled unconstitutional. They put barriers in the way of constitutional mm-hmm. rights that were ridiculous, right? Um, that isn't allowed. Uh, it's not constitutional. These things should be ruled unconstitutional. They 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 don't treat the Second Amendment like any of the other ones, right? Yeah. I mean, like they they don't do it. They just they just ignore it whenever possible because they think they have some really good argument, some moral point, some point of control that they want to um, uh, to kind of uh, emphasize. I, it hasn't worked. Um, when it, it get, goes up the level of the courts, it usually gets shut down. Um, but it takes time. And look, none of these provisions have ever stopped a mass shooting, or I would argue most crimes. From As happening. the judge said, criminals don't do don't do no. background checks, which is like. Finally, someone is saying it, what we've been saying all along, and you people call us crazy. And how silly about ammunition. That's why they're I criminals. Mean, you need a firearm to make the ammunition dangerous. Right. I, mean, I could sit here throwing bullets at you guys. You know. <laughs> I mean, it might hurt a little That's bit. That's how good your arm is. Yeah. It might sting a little bit. Maybe. Uh, I, I still find it so interesting that, uh, Grant, to your point, that Obama left all of these vacancies open to fill all of these judge positions what was it, 100 and something judge vacancies that there were when President Trump took office? Um, and he has, to his credit, done a really good job of filling them with really good uh, constitutional judges who are not, who do not appear, at least, to legislate from the bench. Now, I don't know about the Supreme Court. Those are kind of. I mean, look, meh, there, there may have been an but, issue that Republicans controlled houses and the Senate for appointments, and it may have been very hard for President Obama to get his appointments through as he's leaving office. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, they did the right job of holding up some of those appointments just for this very reason. Um, all's fair in love and war, and it's politics as yeah. usual. I, I, I have a feeling that's probably why Obama didn't get many of his appointments in. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. Mitch McConnell, really, I mean, he gets a, lot, a beating from conservatives a lot, but really, the, a, a lot of the stuff that happened with judges, he has a huge, he's had a huge mm-hmm. role in. I mean, certainly he had a huge role in uh, um, uh, the Supreme Court. Merrick Garland. Um, yeah, yeah Merrick, the, gosh, Merrick Garland. <laughs> Every time you go on Twitter, it's all you can ever read is Merrick Garland. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was certainly, I mean, that was a risky move at the yeah. time. Um, he, he took that stance. Um, I think, too, you know, Trump, I think, learned a really valuable lesson as he went through the election. He named his Supreme Court justices w- with, in conjunction with the Federalist Society. He went to really good people who really know the courts, mm-hmm. really know the actors in the courts. And uh, he's worked with them. He's worked with people like Mike Lee and Ted Cruz, who, uh, who and, you know, like, you know, he's, again, like, he's not, like, out there trying to like, analyze judges. He needs, you know, just like any of us would, you need someone who is in that world, living that world, and he's been... He's gone down that road and has not, you know, he has not uh, separated from it, which has been, I think, really beneficial for him. He learned that it helped him in the election because a lot of people back in 2016 were like, I don't know, but the judge thing, the judge thing, I'll go with that. And that helped him. And now you see that he's really, he's turned that on and he has not let anybody down uh, on those picks. I mean, I'm not crazy about Kavanaugh, but still, overall with the judges, he's been fantastic. This is why the Senate is so important. You know, Mm. the presidency is so important, the Senate is next, Mm. and because it has such a far-reaching effect on our judicial system that has really become a system for activist liberal judges through the Obama administration. All right, back in a minute. Mm. Yeah, that's that's changed a lot, though. Mm. He really has gone a long way on that. I endorse it.
yesterday's poll, what is Joe Biden up to? Uh, most of you said sleeping. 52% of you said sleeping. <laughs> Sleepy which if he's Joe. not doing, he does need very desperately. Mm-hmm. Uh, 32% said trying to call Barack and 16% said softball MSNBC interview. I'm sure he's simultaneously doing all of those things. Today's question, uh, how much longer are you willing to stay quarantined for? Mm. Yeah, I guess so. I think that was a question a while back, but it's here again because we're still in quarantine. A day, a week, a month, or three months. I think by three months, I'm already, I'm already a goner. I've jumped off a bridge. <laughs> Probably a month as well. I'm, I, I just, I, I can't do it anymore. A week? Um, I, you know, I feel like the end of April was what they yeah. kind of outlined. Yeah. Let me ask you this question, though. Okay. A separate poll question. Okay. February 7th, 2021, Super Bowl Sunday. Does the Super Bowl happen on that day, and does it have a normal crowd in oh, the building? Boy. No. It doesn't happen that day. It doesn't, doesn't happen, happen that, day, that at all. day. I don't think. Holy think, macaroni. Because right? I, I think I, they've got to move. I think if they have anything, so they move everything back. America, I know money talks. And yeah. the Super Bowl is big time money. I, I say it's got to go. It's still going to happen. Does the crowd, is the crowd there? Is it, or is it like a socially uh, how do distant they, how do they? But what they've ha- already sold tickets. Yeah, well, right? well, not really. I mean, they have some that they give away, but they haven't really sold real tickets yet. And what happens as we move into that next winter season? Right. Show us February. Head again. And they, say, they keep saying it will. So that's going to scare people. Oh, my I gosh. Know. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I like the thought exercise. <laughs> uh, by the way, don't forget, Grant is going to be on Newsmax Saturday report from 9 to 12 Eastern. Yes. You got to catch him tomorrow morning. Grant Stinchfield, Saturday report. Thank you, Sarah. Stu does America, too. Subscribe. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.